0: Hey, it's nice of you to join me here on Made in India. Today on the show, I've got an artist who took a 14-hour flight from the other side of the world to be here. Well, maybe not just for me, but uh, I'm honored nonetheless. I'm talking about musician Sreenik Ganatra, who's here to represent his Brooklyn-based alt-rock shoegaze band, Menakshi. We chat about what it's like for him to grow up in the outskirts, and I truly mean outskirts of Bombay, how Menakshi's kryptonite is never being able to hold down a bass player, and collaborating with a whole bunch of musicians for their latest album. He also performs songs on the show that span Minakshi's discography.
1: Hi everybody, this is Shrenik from the Brooklyn alternative showcase band Menakshi. I'm here on Made in India with the lovely May and I'm going to introduce the episode with an unreleased song called Delhi.
2: man, I believe, believe, us, mm really? RUN!
0: Firstly, thank you so much, Shreenek, for performing an unreleased song specially for the Maiden in and Bill Peeps.
1: You're welcome, May, and thank you for having me here. Yeah, hey,
0: I'm excited. So you had mentioned that you are a Brooklyn-based band, but uh, you pretty much grew up in Bombay, right?
1: On the outskirts, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is Bodabili outskirts now? <laughs>
1: I actually grew up in Nala Sobhara. <laughs> oh
0: my God, really is outskirts. I'm sorry, sorry for your
1: loss. <laughs> no, you know, no no, no water, no electricity. So all the pain comes out in the music.
0: <laughs> That's where the inspiration, where all the heartache and the trauma came from. I mean, like, I came from Nala <laughs>
1: I've, I've made peace with it, but, you know, it just finds cracks.
0: Yeah, it comes through. But interestingly enough, it wasn't like your family or musicians or something like that, you kind of were listening to music, I guess, growing up. And I do know that you had an affinity towards the Pakistani rock bands like Jal and Janoon. So like, how did that sort of, you feel influenced your own sort of music? You channeling your inner Pakistani rock band, dude.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's not for me to say. Um, No, yeah. My mom was a teacher. Before I was born. And -hmm. then once she had kids, both me and my sister, she became a homemaker. Mm -hmm. And then my dad, he was in finance, worked in finance all his life. But my mom had the radio on at all times. Yeah. So whatever was on in the radio, the melodic pop, Hindustani music, I just grew up with it. I could not understand classical music. My ears were not trained enough for it back then. I could not appreciate it. So. For me, I think the takeaway was melodies, whatever was playing on like Red FM, yeah, Radio Mirchi, late night shows, you could request stuff, right? Of course. Um, so I, I grew up with a lot of that kind of music. Yeah. I had no formal training. And then around probably like '04 or 2005, mm-hmm. when Gel hit mainstream and I heard guitars and I was like, <laughs> what is happening here? Like we have melodies and we have guitars? This is
0: amazing.
1: Exactly, for me that was more about, all right, like what is this instrument? Mm. I hadn't seen a guitar before, you know, and then really, yeah, I mean there was there was nothing like my uncle used my dad's brother used to play keyboard, so we had a Casio SA21 in the house where Casio
0: would, keyboard in the house is such a classic Indian story,
1: right? Middle <laughs> yeah. class upbringing, you know, it's like SA21, 36 programmable, whatever samples yeah, yeah. and stuff. So I used to, like, replicate notes for, like, my favorite Bollywood songs featuring, like, Ajay Deegan and who knows what, you know, (laughs) back in the day. Um, And that was it. Like, nothing, Mm. you know, with guitars and everything. But then I remember to this day, like, when I turned 17 or 16, out of the blue, I asked my dad, hey, can I get an acoustic guitar for my birthday? And he got it. He got me a cheap Hobmer, which was, like, a thousand rupees.
2: Yeah.
1: I could not play it. (laughs) I could not play it and my upbringing was such that my parents never forced me into teaching or it's like, hey, let me put you into like a class to do something.
0: Oh. It's like you figure it out. You do whatever. Exactly.
1: You do whatever you want. Yeah, You know, you ask for it. You got it. It's your responsibility. Yeah. So then it basically was eating dust for about a year and a half. Like from 17 oh. to like 18 and a half. I was like, it's not my instrument. Yeah. Then 18 and a half, you know, the internet. I think it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, or something. Two thousand nine, internet was ubiquitous. There weren't enough power cuts, so we had consistent power. I could log into <laughs> internet. I could see bands like Linkin Park, Green Day, which is like a lot of Indians had their sort of yeah um, Break entry into, like, into, like, into the music. west exactly yeah, yeah. western scene. And I was like, let me just pick it up again. Let me just pick it up again. And I just spend time with it. Yeah, and that doesn't yeah. feel that long ago. Really? Doesn't feel that long ago.
0: I have to say that when you think that the year 2000 was 22 years ago, that is still shocking to me. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like it's 2004. I don't know what you guys are talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm still crying about the World Cup that India lost to Australia in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Till date, the trauma still lives spring in the cricket band. <laughs>
0: But that's kind of interesting that you picked up the guitar. You must have been, what, like 19, 18?
1: Yeah, yeah. around around that age, yeah.
0: And what kind of spurred you on? Because you had mentioned just now that you were kind of like, this is not going to work. No. And then where did you go, let me just try this and keep trying?
1: So good inspiration came from a good friend of mine. Like He also had gotten acoustic around that time. Oh. So he would come over to my house, and so we you guys would, would like jam together. We, and stuff. Exactly, yeah, bro. <laughs> let's jam together. Let's look at some YouTube videos, and that's initially how that started. Like we figured out yeah. how to read tabs, I how mean. to play some of the you know the the Metallica songs and stuff like that. Yeah, which we couldn't play obviously. Um, <laughs> that's how it all began. Like just the idea of self learning. We didn't know what frets were. Yeah. We didn't know what scales were. We knew basic chords, mm-hmm. and then we figured out how to learn. To play tabs, figure out the finger movements and how to sort of juxtapose or pivot one finger and then sort of change chord positions and stuff like that, so it was more about focusing on the rudiments and, and figuring out how to make use of the fretboard and mm-hmm. just consistently spending time and hours on it nice. um,
0: and then you went to uni in Baltimore
1: yes, I went to Baltimore to study design
0: yeah so then how did Minakshi happened because you then met your drummer, Steve Carlin, uh-huh. bassist. Well, not really bassist because last we spoke, you were like, actually he played guitar, but we forced him to play bass. Liam Christian, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so when I was in grad school in Baltimore, it was MICA, and it was an interdisciplinary school, and they had an awesome sound studio. And I was really mm-hmm. intrigued by it. Yeah. And we had, being a grad student, we had unlimited access. And the person who was running the ship and who still is, I asked him if I could just spend time with him, just schedule like a couple hours and just understand how things worked. And he was like, yeah, just come in on Fridays. I'm free from 10 to 1 and let's, whatever you want, let's do it. I was like, I know nothing. And he records, or he used to, and he still does. He records bands for a living. So mm. he was all about sound and recording and introduced me to so much amazing music. He was like the American big brother that I never had.
0: Aww. Um
1: and to this day, uh, his name is Patrick Hunt. And to this day, we collaborate together. Like, he still co-produces our albums. That's great. Right. You know, he, he listens to our test pressings and he's like, shares his two cents and yeah. he creates final mixes and masters of our music. So it was really influential in terms of like getting that relationship going.
0: And the education for what you felt was going to bring your music together. Right? Absolutely.
1: So. Absolutely. So I like, I spent two years in that studio trying to learn how to sing trying to learn how to play, trying to learn how all of these pedals and, and, and all the other instruments worked, how to gain sounds, what amps were and stuff like that. And that really got me into bands that had a sound. I was like, this is great. He introduced me to the early Smashing Pumpkins records. We talked about Radiohead, <laughs> yeah. all of the good stuff. We talked about bands like Slowdive, And that just opened up a different world of music. And then I moved to New York after I graduated, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Mumbai, it's like... Mumbai, yeah. of, of america, so. <laughs> the mumbai of america you know, and i mean ask him america, <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i moved there and then i was just writing more songs from 2017 to 2018 and, and, and in that year i had about 18 original songs and then in 2018 it was april uh, i read an ad by a former drummer andrew mm. and he was like Drummer here looking for a songwriter, guitarist to jam, cited some influences like The Cure, Hum, The Pumpkins. I still have that photo on my phone. And I called him up. We had a session. It went for two hours. We just like jammed through quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. And then a few days later, I was like, hey, so what do you think? Do you want to start a band? And then I believe it was June 10th or June 11th, 2018. That's when the band was formed. And it was just myself and Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. The two of us just got going, practiced together. He hadn't been practicing since his Boston days, where he used to be in punk bands and used to playing two thousand people shows. From that to like going into a rehearsal space with an unknown person, so we jammed for four four months and worked out the relationship that you need to work out when you're collaborating together. Then we were like, "All right, let's expand, let's bring in a bass player," and we tried so hard. <laughs> what do you mean you but tried so hard? Didn't get any far. <laughs> um we tried to recruit a bass player like via ads and via word of mouth and everything and it did not really worked out like we
0: because there weren't any or that they came and then oh no
1: the scene is inundated with musicians it's just we were just encountering flaky people so we were flaked by around 11 people like we would 11 bass players 11 bass players at the time
0: I don't even understand what that
1: means. Uh, It just means that you schedule a rehearsal and then an hour before the rehearsal, it gets canceled for whatever reason. Oh, no. Something happened to my son. Something happened to my sister. That became an an excuse. And I was like, you know what? Never mind. And then around that time, Liam, who is in the band right now,
2: Mm.
1: he was my roommate and we had common interest in music. Um, We talked a lot about My Bloody Valentine's Shoegaze Music and, and how that influenced our writing and stuff. Um, And we would share ideas, song ideas, and play each other's music in the living room. And then I would just tell these stories of like band practice and us not finding a bass player. And he was like, yeah, you know what? Let me join and let's see where it goes. So Liam listening to all your woes about
0: not being able to tie down a bass player. And he's like, okay, maybe I can do some bass.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There was the three piece in November 2018. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and he did great on the bass. And then as time Mm. progressed, COVID hit, Andrew left the band, we found Steve on the drums, Mm -hmm. practiced a lot around that time. And then Liam, I knew him as a guitarist and a songwriter. So I was like, look, now that you have your gear and everything... I would love for you to play guitar in the band. We'll figure out the bass player situation when we get there. <laughs> this know.
0: mysterious, non-existent bass player. No. That's your kryptonite. Exactly. Bass players. Exactly. Who knew?
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, so his family's from the UK. Yeah. And in the UK, there's this, this brand of Cadbury called Flake. Yes. And do I we love, have that here?
0: I don't know if we have it here, but when I was in the Middle East, I love Flake.
1: Perfect. So. so whenever he goes home, like he brings me Flakes. Just, it's our inside <laughs> joke. It's like, you know, that's your luck.
0: Oh no. So um, what's the second song you're going to play for me today?
1: I'm going to play a different version of the song that we just released called Dua. I would love to play that.
0: Yes, absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about what Dua is? Yeah. Like what the song is?
1: Yeah. Dua, it's basically an invocation. It's a prayer. And the song, it's about the ones who've left us behind. Just a a short prayer for the ones who've departed. That's it.
0: And today as we're recording this right now drummer Taylor Hawkins has left the world so maybe this is
1: dedicated, let's dedicate yeah. it to him yeah why not
2: awesome <laughs> Sab the culture hai All the culture तम जा caroterivate ma'moscura che siamo osserva artanditare asma che s'hare tu Bless you,
0: Is one of my fave songs from the the Munchala singles that you're releasing. And this is actually part of Lazuline.
1: Lazuline.
0: Yay! That's your second studio album. Second studio album. Very soon. And actually, it's named after a bird?
1: It's named after a blue bird. Mm. Yeah, lazuli Bunting.
0: Like, Lazuli, like the blue? Like, isn't that like a type of blue color? Yeah. Oh.
1: The whole sort of... 2020 to like 2022 period of the band was codenamed Blue. Really? Yeah, just the idea of like anything that relates to Blue, like the idea of expansiveness, openness, depth, melancholy. Blues. Blues, Blues. Blues. yeah. So it's it's sort of like meant to be a communication between a living creature and the surroundings it inhabits through the lens of a bluebird. Oh. And this bird is fluent in two languages. Of course.
0: English and Hindi. Hindi. So this lazuli G can do both. Exactly.
1: Yeah, lazuli can do both. Um, I, I think lazuli is a she. She is powerful. Is,
0: oh! I think she's powerful. I like it that it's yeah. a she. Yeah. So I am a huge fan of band bios, okay? So, <laughs> so for me, I like reading out band bios that I think are interesting or entertaining. Please. And so your band bio, I think this may be... I don't know where if it's on Spotify or not, but this is your band bio. This one part of it that says, sonically, we like to call our work the serendipitous meeting of slow dive with the smashing pumpkins at a cafe only to be bolstered by the presence of Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan sitting across the table calmly sipping his tea. <laughs> That's amazing. I so mean, it's a little, on. It's a
1: little pretentious, but, you know. <laughs> a little. I, uh, admittedly, but.
0: I love it. The, but you have to, like, I don't know. I enjoy it because then it just gives me something interesting to, to put in my show. Because I'm like, oh, my God, great band bio. I'm going to read this out back to Shreinik himself so that you can, like, now you're going to go back and be like, maybe I should change the
1: No, I, No. No? I've, I've gone through that phase. I'm like, <laughs> let them judge me. <laughs>
0: I'm not judging, no. I'm but holding a mirror yeah. up.
1: The idea over there was to, like, how do we convey the range of sort of music that yeah, influences yeah. us in terms of sounds? Yeah. So, you like, think about guitar aggression, and just fuzzy guitars. Think about pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Think about atmospheres. We have slow dive. Think about the classical side of music, which I'm learning to this day now. Mm-hmm. It's like... Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan and the likes of Fawadah Parveen and and the Indian classical music as well. Yeah. So it's like instead of naming the genres, it would be better to like represent people who are part of the genres and yeah. have it like a nice rendezvous
0: as like a right. as like the frame of reference, exactly. right? So that people kind of instantly kind of understand what your band's about. Yeah. So we were. Talking about your second studio album that's coming up. But your first was something you released in March 2020, which is actually pretty recent. That's like yeah. two years ago, was yeah. Quab, right? Quab. And uh, I got to say, some of my faves in the album was, uh, apologies if this sounds really kinky, but Moist that was really good. <sighs> it's one of my favorites. I love. That was a really good song. And In The Blur, mm-hmm. so good. And I Kuda. I Kuda. Yes. It's also really good. So those are my favorites from Quab. I also can hear your sort of progression of sound because I have to say, among your releases, Cialia. Cialia. That album was so good good like really really good like I think it just it blew me away because Violet is such a like honestly I think that's my favorite song out of a lot of the stuff that you've done it was really good and Basati from Uh Sialia so this is it's exciting for me to actually hear some of your newer stuff and it's fun to get a chance to actually see the progression of like the last couple of years so for you what do you think you feel has changed besides the fact that you've been really unsuccessful with bass players
1: (laughs) Um not being as afraid to write in Hindi. Oh. I used to be very afraid to write in Hindi. Why? Because the fear of being wrong.
0: Oh.
1: Um I mentioned this to really, Liam um, earlier on that I wanted to like write about it and then echo that was the first Hindi song that I wrote and then I shared with a couple of people. And they were like, Yeah, regdom jalwali feeling I was like, yeah. <laughs> You're like best compliment. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> um and then like over time I was like I'm not going to, like, sit in my room with my acoustic in the quiet of, like, the morning thinking about what I want to write. Whatever comes, whatever the first word comes, whether it's in English or Hindi, Mm. I'm going to follow that thought and see where it leads me.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of it ends up being stemming from your own expression of stuff, right? Yeah. So what was the thing that you were particularly afraid of? Because I'm surprised that you're afraid of writing in Hindi.
1: Just not having a strong command over language. And I've been...
0: Oh.
1: It's weird because it comes so easily when I sit down with my journal and a pen. Yeah. It just flows very easily. Like all the learning in school, like writing in Hindi in school. Yeah. It just flows.
0: I think it's not even... So this is the strange thing. Regardless of your command of the language, writing lyrics is like a whole like being a good lyricist is an absolutely different skill and I know a lot of musicians who struggle with writing lyrics you know because you're always just like it's that like dying bin of like scrumpled up paper that ends up being like oh this is not right Uh, especially when you're trying to articulate whatever's in your brain and your heart out into your music right yeah so Yeah. yeah
1: for me it wasn't about lyricism like the semantics of it because when I write something, it's it's from a visual standpoint. It's like, if we take three sentences, how we can create a series of compelling images. And that probably comes because I'm a trained visual artist. Oh, yeah. Because
0: so, graphic design, exactly. you also teach it, right? I well? also
1: teach it. So the creation part, it's fine for me. Like, it just flows. It It was just a mental block and a fear of like, what if it's wrong? What if people disapprove? That's it really that's it yeah that's what it was and once I got over it like I've been writing more music in Hindi ever since and I've been enjoying it yeah
0: so what can people look forward to with your upcoming album like what do you think is different here than anything you've done before
1: a lot of inputs like not inputs as in like you should do this you should do that but Mm -hmm. inputs as in Hey, like I know you can play brass band music. Would you play on this song? Hey, I know you can play flute. Would you play on this song? Oh wow! Hey, I know you're a prolific ambient artist. Will you please remix this song? Yeah. So just that humility of reaching out to people and and telling to them that all right, you're you're awesome at what you do at this. Yeah. Could we collaborate? And all of that worked out really nicely. Really? Yeah. So, oh my
0: god, that's so good. Yeah. No okay. one's has anyone like gone. No, thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Really? No, no. I mean, literally we have the drummer from the band slow dive remixing our song like That's really our, good. Exactly.
0: I mean, getting that you must like frame that email or whatever, text message or whatever. <laughs> he said yes.
1: Exactly. Said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been it's been nice to just like be vulnerable and just reach out to people and, and yeah. ask if they're open to collaborations. Um we have an awesome version of Manchala with Sunny Jane on Dole. Uh, oh wow! Sunny Jane plays Dole, He plays the dolak. He plays the chimta, and he also plays the drums. Mm-hmm. And then he has his own band in Brooklyn. Like he, he's in a multiple. He's in a couple of bands. Um, he's in Sunny Jane's Wild Wild East. He's in Red Bharat, which they are like a phenomenon in the U.S. Mm. And he's such a humble person. And I reached out to him, and he was like, "Great! Like I love your music. I would love to contribute." Not only that, he was like, you know what? Let me ask Allison, who plays flute and sax, if she would love to like play on on the song, and just it came to be. It came to be in a matter of weeks.
0: So your collab success versus the bass player success. I mean, you gotta have some loss for some gain. Exactly. I mean. I oh, you can't tell. No, There's you, no you, you,
1: balance in the world. You cannot have everything. <laughs> you, and you, you should be okay with it.
0: If we're um, minus a bass player, let's get everyone else on the
1: album. The thing that we joke about is when we saw Sunny Jay and Span live in yeah. July, they have a sousaphone player. A what? Sousaphone. It's like a massive kind of a trumpet. It almost I mean. like works as a bass but it's massive. It's held upright, and you—it's—it's—it's it's, it's hard for me to, to picture because my knowledge in that front is very limited. I'm
0: Literally, um, as it's S O
1: U S A P H O N E, and we—we mm. we just joked about it. it's like, hey, we can get Kenny <laughs> or any other any other person to who play Susaphone. All due respect to Kenny, and Kenny is an awesome person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if it doesn't work out, it's totally fine. We're happy doing what what we're doing.
0: Yeah. So, um, last song you're gonna play for us today?
1: I'll play Zid. From the movie, uh, from the the album (laughs) quad. So I think of albums as movies.
0: See, I'm telling you, you never know. Maybe, (laughs) maybe it'll end up in a movie. Who knows? I have heard Zid. I'm going to be super honest here and say it's a mega emo track. Yeah, it is. is It is. It's like, I was feeling that was you channeling the Pakistani rock star in you. Like,
1: just. (laughs) I I see that. Um, It was meant to be a. A full band song, but mm. before we were meant to record, like Andrew was no longer in the band and I was we didn't have a drummer, so you're like, let's like, just do it purely yeah. acoustic and just layer it up.
2: I
0: love it. That's good. So last song is
2: Zid. <laughs> Jira onna The heart of our own, say, my cat, who Chiraah ho trah, ah, jo hai mera, wo bhi kuda nahi sakaa. I What per sé Bellissima. Bellissima. Yeah! Thank
0: you emo. so much. <laughs> Thanks so much, um, Shreenek, for being on the show. And thank, thank you, us- me,
1: for 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 having me. And you know, on behalf of the entire band, on behalf of Steve, Liam, and and myself. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, maybe next time you can bring them along too. Oh,
1: hopefully, it would be awesome. It would be awesome to play a few shows here. Soon. Uh, yeah, but new album comes out June. Please keep an eye out. Yay, good slice you. of Hindi and English speaking female bluebird. <laughs>
0: awesome. Oh thank thanks you. so much, man. Those thank
2: really you. Good.
0: So that was Shaina Ganatra from Menakshi. And I'm super excited to check out Lazuline. But till then, we shall wait and we shall ponder and we shall become the little blue bird that I wish I was so I didn't have to be locked up in a studio all day. No, that's not me. Anyway, so you know when you listen to the episode and you think, wow, this music, it sounds so beautiful. There are people who do what we call mixing. And I don't mean literally like a blender. It's very different in regards to music. So here is one of our wonderful engineers who's mixed some of the music on some of our episodes. Here's Arya with a little special message.
1: Hi, I'm Arya. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe, follow, rate, and review us on the podcast app of your choice. Come say hi to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Made in India. See you next week. Same time, same place. Are we done?